welcome to the No Nonsense Nutrition Podcast with Brett, Ed, Fran, Johnny, Matt and Paul, helping you to build more muscle and to lose weight with a hint of banter and a dash of humour. Enjoy this week's episode. Right, well, welcome to episode number 71. 71, good. Um, there, no no formal intro, I'm trying to mix it up a bit, be a bit different. <laughs> I've said this and I'll be honest, I need to come up with something funnier or better than that, don't I? Um, so... Today we have our first returning guest. That's not been so, employed. That's, oh, nice. that's not been employed. Yeah, sorry. No, not Cam, not Cam Fran. Fran has um, to be employed well, to return. <laughs> yeah, no, true. She uh, she was supposed to be here tonight, actually, wasn't she, uh, Fran? But she's been caught up and doing something super cool with... Um, uh, she's helping with trials at Loughborough... Um, weightlifting Club. Weightlifting Club, sorry. Yes, I was about to say powerlifting, but it's not just powerlifting, is it? It's obviously uh, Olympic lifting and other stuff as well, isn't it? So um, that's pretty cool. But um, no, we've got uh, Dan, Mac, Smith, Fitz, and all the names back. So um, obviously we'd like to <laughs> we like to call you a a, f- uh, a family member, really, of, of obviously no oh, not sufficient. Thank you. Because no, we uh, there are a few people we really, really, really like in the fitness industry. Few. You are one of them, though. So good. That's good Great. to hear. Yeah, I didn't realise I was the uh, first returning guest, which is quite nice. Yeah, no, you are. Um, other than let's say Fran, but as Ed said, we had to actually say, "Look, do you want to actually become employed to come <laughs> come back as any way she would?" <laughs> uh, I know you offered me the job, but you said uh, I was missing something. So, or... yeah, we said, "Look, to be fair, if he had a, a little bit more meat in the calves, we'd be interested." But <laughs> team, team no calves is already somewhere else. So. <laughs> no, Jake. Be fair, mate. You're, you're too big time. You don't want to join us. No. Yeah, you're, you're too big. Time. I don't know if you froze there a bit, but I say you're too yeah. big time. You obviously don't want to. You don't want to join us. I'm sure. Sorry, but yeah, it froze. Um, <laughs> no, I was only joking. <laughs> I'm joking. No, I don't. <laughs> and I haven't got cards, so you're right. <laughs> I'm working on them, though. I am working. Well. Um, you know uh what generally happens when people go through some style of competition they get to the end they get some feedback and something to work on so maybe that's your feedback yeah i didn't need to be told that <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, like the the, the irony of me from making jokes about this is is not lost on on probably anyone because i am also a firm uh, member of team no calves my calves are fucking ridiculously crap um just like every other muscle in my body to be honest other than the most important one Whee! um anyway <laughs> um <laughs> I, don't know where I, was going. Um, I think so, i think also dan's just far too big to be part of the triple n like everybody's already threatened by fran's um, powerlifting score so you know if dan came on with his all his muscles uh yeah the, the rest of us would be feeling pretty shitty yeah although it'd be you know it'd be a tight run between who's bigger him or fran <laughs> Dan, Dan's got a couple of, <laughs> Dan's got a couple of feet on her though. Yeah, she she is definitely stronger. She could, she probably outlifts most of us put together. So impressive, man. It's good. Yeah, it is, it is. Um, so uh, before we get onto like content and obviously find out what you've been up to since we last spoke to you, mate, I'll just ask Ed as I usually do what you've been doing. It's been like two, three days since we last chatted. Uh, what have I been doing in the in the? Yeah. <laughs> I say it's not even really been that late because we've we've spoke every day for about a year and a half straight. But anyway, <laughs> no, I mean, so obviously, 
the well, was a week ago um from the listener's perspective when we did your episode True. about you um which was obviously only actually a couple of days ago for us but um they won't know what's going on since and in fact that even though it was only a couple of days ago we recorded it i don't even remember if we spoke about what you've been up to so um yeah, go for it anyway. I don't know. I did a lot of chatting. I was actually just buying some time then to think about what I've actually been doing. So, um, no, I, I clearly, clearly not a lot. <laughs> no, yeah, I've just been sat here being vanilla. Um, no, I uh, I tweaked my quad. I don't know if I spoke about that in the last episode. Um, so I did a first leg session after only like two or so weeks of not really training legs but uh, the doms the next day were ridiculous and I didn't even go heavy I, I've kept the squats fairly light uh, probably like 60% 65% um, and then I did some like straight leg deadlifts and I, I was ruined the next day I felt like I'd like how, yeah how did you tweak your quad um <laughs> doing side steps playing hockey it was right, right up at the top, so pretty much in my hip, in the hip crease, right on the front, and it was just a tiny little, just little strain. But we had been doing a lot of um, sort of like shuffle, like sort of crap, like a crab movement, basically, sort of quite low down, mm. sidestepping. We've been doing loads and loads of that, and I think I just, uh, but we were we were doing that and then turning, like turning in the opposite direction and sprinting off. Um, to kind of like mimic some of the movements during our fitness session, and I think just doing that, I just a bit of an unnatural movement really and just managed to just just pull it a little bit so i was smart and i sort of sat out from the rest of training and didn't train legs for a few weeks but um still kept it mobile and now i'm pleased to say that we're all good good and anything it. else more interesting you've been doing is literally <laughs> no, that's it that's literally <laughs> it <laughs> just getting injured <laughs> yeah getting injured and recovering <laughs> well it's, it's just obviously dan you couldn't have listened to it yet because it's not released. Um, but we did ask Ed what he likes to do in his spare time. And he literally came up with, I don't really know, go out to, for food. That's about well, it. Yeah, like, go okay. out for food, play sport, go to the gym, work. <laughs> I don't have time for Stephen anything else. <laughs> What's in bed? Didn't even mention his girlfriend. No, oh, I did at the end. Of, of over a year. Yeah, <laughs> after you were prompted. <laughs> I thought that went without saying, though. No, I mention her in most episodes. No. I'm sure the listeners are bored. <laughs> yeah, well, well, let's um, let, let's find it. So, so Dan, what? Let's find out what have you been doing predominantly since we last spoke to you. Which, to be fair, seemed like an age ago now. <clears throat> yeah, I, I did look because the calls are still on here, aren't they? So it was like January time when we last spoke. I think, if I'm right. But yeah. since then, we, we, been... we've, we've we've seen each other since, haven't we? But we obviously since you last on the podcast, I suppose. I don't know. It froze there. What did you say? Yeah, sorry. I say we've seen each other since, haven't we? Obviously. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I've been um, attending conferences and things like that. Um, and obviously see see you most days on social media as well. So that's always good. Um, but no, probably since after we spoke, not long after that, I uh, started off the, the dieting, really. So it would have been end of March, I think, that started. Um, for the for the competition, so getting back on stage after probably nearly two and a half, three years out, mm-hmm. or not out, but from being on stage previous. Um, so yeah, that's been kind of that all finished. What are we now end of September, so not long, two three weeks ago. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that was predominantly the last six months of, of my life. 
spent yeah. slowly starving myself, which has been uh, been interesting. It's always good. Yeah, I bet. Um, I guess like, I was going to just kind of start at the beginning, really, and kind of ask about like how you previously competed and kind of what made you get into it and kind of how you... Uh, or why you maybe kind of repeated the obviously the process and, and done it again. Um, so let's just yeah. do that, and then I'll. Uh, yeah. I'll, I'll just, another question popped in my head, and that's why I kind of said I was going to. But let's let's start with that. So let's find out a bit like kind of how you got into it originally, why you've given maybe like the amount of time between you have, um, and then kind of why you have again. Yeah, cool. So uh, I've always trained. I've always been into training, but not really always weight training, and. Um, yeah, I used to swim a lot, but then I kind of swapped the swimming for getting into the gym. And I've always been fairly competitive, I'd say. And then I remember um, <laughs> looking through like the men's health magazines like you do and then seeing like fitness models and things. People like that, basically with abs, thinking I'd like quite like to do that. Or I don't know, it kind of struck me as I'd quite like to see if I could achieve that level of physique. Um, it, I think it was even an image of Jamie Alderton I saw once, you know, like oh, really? a really old school, like grenade thing. Um, I remember telling people at the time, like friends and that, that's what that I wanted to try and achieve something like that. And people would just kind of go laugh and sort of shake their heads. Like, yeah. Um, and <laughs> not to say, <laughs> say that that's my goal. I think there's always like a, uh, an underlying issue behind, not issue, but an underlying reason why someone would want to do that. Especially, like, you know, when we talk to people in terms of consultations, there's always that underlying issue. You know, if someone ever says to you, I want to get a six pack, there's always a reason behind that. It's not the six pack, is it? So for me, it was a case of, I was probably in a little bit of a, uh, a not a spiral of, um, I don't know, not a bad place, but I just had to come out of a, a bit of a, rubbish relationship you know and then i was just kind of you end up not really with any structure in your life you kind of just going going out a lot maybe not really taking care of yourself in terms of your health really so it gave me structure in terms of something to focus on and a, and a, and a process and i've always been fascinated by the process of seeing what you know extremes you can do in terms of not just uh, you know, physically transforming but uh, in terms of like extreme sports and things like that, it's always really interested me. So it was almost like, okay, let's see what we can do on a physical level in terms of how far can you push yourself. And that's where it kickstarted really, just got into it from there and competed probably a little bit too early, if I'm being brutally honest. Like, just saw that and thought, yeah, I could do that. Just like not eat carbs for a few weeks and I'll be, I'll be fine. And yeah, <laughs> promptly, um, got the images back from the first ever competition I did and realised I had to train legs as well. So uh, spent spent a good few years doing that. Um, Your first yeah. comp, what what was it? Was it bodybuilding physique? What what did you do? No, I I entered the Miami Pro, like uh, you know the kind the, of the beauty pageant shows. Beauty pageant. That's what I, <laughs> that's what I like to think of. I entered that in the uh, I can't remember what category now, but basically I had to dress up as well. So I dressed up as uh, um, a fire, please a say fireman. Please say fireman. <laughs> <laughs> I dressed up as a lifeguard, and I had um, I had the old you know, Hasselhoff red trunks and the inflatable lifeguard thing. Threw it into the crowd, like that. 
got a big cheer. But um, thinking back to it now, it was just like, oh, it's a little bit humiliating. But um, yeah, so that was my first ever sort of introduction to to physique sports, I suppose. Um, And yeah, just kind of went from there. And I've kind of progressed through, I competed in like men's physique after that. uh, And again, sort of each time, you learn a little bit more and you learn how to do things better and uh, the process evolves as you like. So now it's got to the point now where competing in, in natural bodybuilding federations in, you know, in classes and categories where <laughs> there are just some, some incredible like physiques out there. And it impresses me every time I just get blown away by it. I just think, oh, this is incredible. And it to see the standard of some people, what they can push themselves to, um, so yeah, and it, that's that's the reason I do it. I don't do it for any other reason, you know. It's not, it's really a hobby, I suppose. At the end of the day, um, <laughs> a bit of a sadistic one, but it, it's yeah. And people always ask that question, like, why do you do it? You know, you don't you don't get any. What do you win for it? And they're like, do you don't get any money. I'm like, there's no money in it. You might get a trophy and some free supplements, but there's like. <laughs> what's the reasoning behind it you have to have the big reason because people will always say oh i think about competing one day and like no really really think about that you know that decision it's got to be right for someone and i wouldn't ever i'd never encourage anyone to do it unless they had a real real good reason to do it because it's it can i think it can leave people in in a bad way as as is seen and you see it all the time Mm. within bodybuilding world and yeah yeah. What? So, I mean, what's the main reason? And I think I know, but what's the main reason why you kind of left sort of two and a half, three years between the last time and now? To work on my calves. <laughs> <laughs> you wasted uh, it. You wasted to, it. <laughs> yeah. Um, basically, I I need the time. Like I I don't use assistance. I'm I'm a natural lifter, and to to be able to progress you need to give yourself that time and i i probably competed from the first time i then competed maybe for three years straight just over a year and i just almost was on a constant diet you'd finish your say the season ends like now um it goes a little bit further now it doesn't really seem to end anymore but anyway it used to end now and then it be like mashing loads of food and then it gets to January and you just diet again so you basically had a month or two to like eat loads of food um, and it was never enough time so you're constantly in that state of restriction you're just not going to grow and even now I'm you know I have no plans to compete at the moment and I don't know if I will but if I did it would be in three four five years time maybe um, and that's if I do ever do it again it's just it's a lot it takes a lot out of your life know six six seven months and although i'm better at managing that now it's still you know it's a selfish sport it's really really selfish um so yeah just i mean so that, that seems like a good idea to go into kind of like okay so for for people that got no idea bodybuilding i guess generally starts with um a a prep of some sort in terms of dieting phase because you've got to get down to obviously very low levels of body fat right so do you want to talk through kind of like what your prep is like how, how it like just like a structure of what kind of what it is how long it is what kind of it looks like um maybe a few of the annoyances and that type of stuff 
Yeah, I think now in terms of a prep, uh, it's it's definitely it's obviously longer. So, like I say, six months, twenty four weeks, twenty six weeks. You know, thirty week preps are probably like the norm. I think in in natural bodybuilding now, and and that's for good reason in terms of you need that amount of time. You need to have almost more time than you require to get in that that state of leanness. Like what I was saying before, also, mate. No, no. I was just, just going to say, is, is, so you, you need more time. Is it because um, people underestimate how long it takes to kind of get to like the required leanness, or is it a case of the level of leanness has now progressed so much compared to like years ago that it's now a lot more competitive, or is it a bit of both? Or? Yeah, I think it's probably a little bit of both. I think the standards massively different now. The, the condition, the level of condition, even at the the level I would. I compete at or try and compete at is phenomenal. And then you look at the guys in it who are pros out there and they just, their level of conditioning is outrageous. It's, it's just freaky. And that's, that's why I love it so much. I love that kind of seeing that what someone can do with their physique. Um, of course, there's other things involved there, like your genetic potential and everything and how long you've been training for. But yeah, in terms of the length, you have to allow that time. And I, I, we underestimated the amount of time I'd need this time without a doubt we needed longer and it ended up being right at the end um, having to drop calories quite low and, and the plans that we had initially had to be changed so you know the plans outlined at the beginning were to kind of be able to eat into the shows at the end and you know feel really good man I, I could hardly walk at the end and I was like if you'd heard me speak I needed speeding up like People were messaging me saying you need to be on like double time when you talk because it just like really slowed everything down. Um, and that also is quite, you know, I love that kind of stuff because it, it's interesting to me to see how the body adapts to that. Um, but that's another reason why, why I really say enjoy doing it. I, I find it just interesting. Yeah. No, you, you, you I mean, you clearly enjoy it because otherwise you, you wouldn't do it um, in a way, like you say, enjoyment it's a bit like people going to the gym, like going to the gym, putting yourself under the pressure, the anxiety, the physical strain, isn't really a pleasant on the, on the outside. isn't really a pleasant experience, but yeah. people that do it would love it. Like I love, I literally love training uh, like most of the time, but I do sometimes think about actually, I do get some anxiety about some sessions. I do get times where like it physically hurts because you're, you're training hard and i think it's like why do i enjoy this it's quite statistic like you say yeah the the process is is what I, what people love and that's what you, you just said there and it is that if you can enjoy that process no matter what it is if it's weight training or if it's like i don't know another process getting on stage painting yourself orange and putting on some briefs isn't really like I don't get excited about that that much. I enjoy it more than I did, but I enjoy that process leading up to it. And if I didn't have that at the end to kind of be like a finishing point, then I'd find it a bit hard to go through with it, I think. Mm. So it's always having that that focus. Um, kind of like yeah. the accountability thing at the end as well, isn't it? It's like the diet's fine, but if you had no end goal or if the end goal wasn't strong enough to make you really want to, to diet and go through it, you kind yeah. of wouldn't or you wouldn't stick to it as well would you you just kind of be like ah it doesn't matter about today or ah it doesn't matter about you know eating right. this so yeah 
Yeah, and also as well, it, uh, slightly related to like the accountability side. One of the one of the competitions I did, I had quite a few people coming to to watch it, and that kind of then makes you you want to obviously be there and do your do your best and kind of you know, not look embarrassing on stage and things. So it kind of spurs you on. There's all little things like that that keep you accountable throughout. Um, having someone to work with, coaching helps along the way as well, and just all these processes that do help. Um, and I think in the past I've tried to do it on my own, and then it's been you know, it's been okay. But then when you go to I think trying to then progress on, I think having someone else to look over and help and see things is, is a big big part of it as well. Yeah, massive yeah. help, especially when you go into the extremes as well, isn't it? It's not like you dropping half a stone and you you know your 20 stone or whatever it's a case of you you're really having to dial it in and, and get to those extremes no. you um you freak you freak yourself out or you you will second guess yourself or you'll try and um you just your mind plays tricks on you and you hear all these stories all the time from people and you just think that would never happen to me <laughs> you're there like always just checking that your abs are still there like just <laughs> doing silly things you know what i mean and checking that you know, before I went to bed every night, I'd be in the mirror, like just just looking at my physique. Like it's not quite normal, but you're doing it because you're in that process. Uh, yeah, little things. I think yeah. sometimes as well, you never realise just how lean you were or how good of a shape you were in until afterwards, until you you're not that anymore. So I used to think like, oh god, I'm not that lean. I'm you know I'm, I'm going to look bloated on stage. And then when I got the shots back and when I looked back at my photo shoots and I started looking back at like the selfies that I had taken and stuff like that, when I, this was like a couple of months post-show and when I started to fill out again, I was like, oh shit, no, I've got like a really good set of abs there. I've actually got quite thick abs and I sort of surprised myself, but I didn't realise at the time. I was like, oh no, wait, yeah, I was actually really lean. But at the time I was like, no, I'm a bloated whale. Just <laughs> another... Uh, a cool thing sort of similar to that one having someone uh like a coach or someone like that to to be able to be there is like when you've got these freaky things happening like um you know you're getting like i was <laughs> i remember like being in, in the uh, in the downstairs toilet and there was like lighting coming through and if you get it at the right time it kind of you can see really good detail um and then just like filming my <laughs> filming my abs and seeing like veins that I'd never seen before, like, but all over. And then I was like, what do I do with this? And then, it, you know, who who can I send this to? And I was just send it to Steve. And it'd be like, <laughs> I hope you don't mind. He's like, no, 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 this is cool. I like this stuff. And I'm like, yeah, but otherwise, like, no one else would get that. They just think you're weird. So, <laughs> again, just weird things. Like, yeah. Put it on Instagram. It is, it is. The, the masses will appreciate it. <laughs> That's the thing, though, because because it's not. I, my work and my coaching is nothing to do with this world and it's as much as it's like it's a glorification thing of putting yourself out there like look at me I, I can like not eat for a long period of time so brilliant that doesn't really it doesn't help the people I coach really I don't think um, I can put value to it and you know tweak it in certain context but I've got to be very careful with you know you don't want to just plaster yourself all over your your content i think unless it's unless that's who you work with i don't know i just feel quite strongly about that really and yeah. uh, 
Yeah, I, I know. Um, I, uh, yeah, I was, I was just gonna say sorry, Ed. I was gonna say I know. I know what you're saying, and uh, I think we've chatted about this before, haven't we? But um, I guess a lot of people feel like the bodybuilder, unless you work with bodybuilders, putting out kind of like that type of content because it's so bodybuilding specific isn't going to help you uh, in terms of say help you or help your clients, but obviously help you get new clients as well. Um, which I, I don't. It's funny because like sometimes I think it's a bit this whole your your physique is your calling card or your coaching card and sometimes you think well you kind of have to have some of that for people to really be interested in you and obviously it doesn't make you a good coach but it does get people interested so there is that is a kind of often a bit of a funny debate whether you know that's like a good thing or a bad thing whether you do that type of stuff or not um and i guess like the other thing is quite often as coaches you i mean we, we don't probably do enough of it really um but you should be putting out more content about your clients and their successes than I suppose your own, shouldn't you? Because like, yeah. you know, it's, it's, it's that angle really of like, Oh, you know, although like, ironically, and I guess it comes back to my original comment, like the amount of Instagram coaches you see that have got tens of thousands of followers because they just post selfie after selfie of ab shot after ab shot or, you know, like girls and their Lulu lemon pants, whatever they are. Um, but they're the ones with all the followers, but uh, yeah. Anyway, we're going on different different topic. I Thing is, with that though, are the people yeah. who are just posting endless selfies posting them of themselves because they can't get their clients in that shape, so they have no photos of clients in shape. Mm. Yeah, yeah. You just don't know. I just yeah. I feel that if I was to just post every uh, transformation pic was me, but just a different image from me being a child, like. <laughs> brilliant uh, yeah. you know what I mean it doesn't help yeah. anything and where yeah yeah, yeah. So, say, so unless, like, so, yeah. no that's what I'm on yeah, yeah. <laughs> alright I was going to say so um, prep 24 yeah. well 20 24 36 billion years worth of dieting um, talk, talk us through kind of exactly what that, that kind of looks like there maybe like a brief I mean I don't know if you want to talk through your specific plan or not. I know it's specific to you and obviously what Steve you're obviously your coach has set you but maybe just give a bit of an outline for people that have no idea what a bodybuilding prep might look like what might it look like uh, so it is obviously that extended period of time so mine was probably was it six months so 24 weeks um but there was a diet before the diet if that makes sense so um we dates are and then work backwards and then in that plan you can if there's anything that's going on in your life because obviously your life doesn't stop we still have work to do and, and it's not like i'm doing this and that's it so so that has to be taken into consideration and then you the training is then blocked in phases um, and in, in accordance with progress at certain markers and then there'll be blocks of maintenance in there um, and the idea like I say was to be at a point where we were able to then eat into like the final shows um, and for some reasons that didn't happen um, unfortunately but you know these things happen and it was a case of like okay what's the best we can make out of this um, and so I ended up kind of changing things and having to dig quite deep at the end. So it started off, I mean, I'm I'm not like fullest in terms of muscle maturity and density. It's like some of these guys who are on there who have been lifting for 
you know, 10 years more than me, for example. Um, so it was, it's a case of hold on to the muscle that I have and not that we're saying it's all going to disappear, but, um, if you haven't got that, that thickness and that density there anyway, it's going to be, you know, you just want, don't want anything to, to look flat when you do get there. And I think in the first comp, um, probably maybe looked a little bit softer on stage and then we went in with a real kind of uh, conservative approach to the last one and just took the risk of looking sharper but not as full and it's just like each time you do it you learn new things and you just think our oh, next time i'll try and we'll try and make sure that doesn't happen and it's no matter how much you do and how much you do it i think you're it's a bit of a science involved but you still can't really predict to the absolute tea like what's going to happen i don't think mm. anyway i think it's, there's a lot of variables to take into account so many yeah um there you go you go you go you go you go you're the guest people out there who, who like think that they can uh manipulate things to an absolute tea and like get you to do these weird and wonderful things on you know on it's just like if you haven't done it by then, it's, it's not going to work. Um, and I understand now also the, the more you can keep things the same and just routine and not change anything, the better that's going to be, the better the outcome. You just need to make sure you're ready in time. That's, that's the, the key to it. Yeah, that, that ties in kind of what I was kind of going to say in that a lot of the things like all the variables that you can control, brilliant. They might lead to, I think, more being able to predict stuff but as soon as you get something like stress like mm. that can ch change hugely like <clears throat> if you go go into one show you can do exact same protocol but you just happen to be a bit more stressed that time that can change how you look massively um yeah i mean the thing that happened with with me is i got a silly injury so after the first competition then i i managed to really mess up my uh, underneath my lat in my shoulder at the back and just it put all it, any kind of hip hinging movements, any kind of weighted movements at the front, bent over rows, everything like that I couldn't do. Um, and at, at that point, I thought, is it worth it? And I was already, you know, like that, just quite far in at that point. It's just like, ah. so just tried to work around it as best as possible, but I had to take almost a week out of, of dieting, which then is just a week lost in terms of progress of fat loss which then meant later down the line having to take calories to, you know, 15, 1600 for a period of time, which, you know, is <laughs> going back to a point you raised earlier, it's not, I don't find that difficult. It's obviously, it's not enjoyable, but it's not difficult for, for me understanding the nutritional side of things and how to make it work for you. Um, which is why I think like coaching kind of bodybuilders or physique athletes it's fairly simple. You just tell them what to do and they go and do it. Like pretty mm. kind of robotic, um, which is, is why I don't think anything that I kind of put out there in terms of what I did diet wise wouldn't, wouldn't really help anyone I coach because it's just like, to me, I find it quite simple, but to someone else, that's like, Oh my God, I can't believe you'd be able to do that. Um, but, I think that yeah, picks so, up nicely on a, something that was said on the a couple of weeks ago with uh, when Mike and Dan were on they were saying the same it's like they'll post stuff about what they eat but that 
and then people are like, oh yeah, but um, you know, how does that relate to me? And it's like, well, you know, sometimes it doesn't. Sometimes this is what I'm doing, and it's not going to relate to a hundred percent of people. It might relate to ten percent of people, and then what I post tomorrow might relate to another ten percent. Um, so yeah, so I do completely understand that, and I think also sometimes when you do get bodybuilding coaches trying to um, communicate with the masses, um, and they're just like, yeah, just follow your calories, bro, and it's like, well. You know, sometimes it's a bit harder than that. Um, yeah, like we know with all that. Yeah, like I, I agree my, with the um, moment. Yeah. My um, my sort of disillusionment with the bodybuilding scene came off the back of that, really. And you know, from not being in in that environment for a few years and then going back into it, it's almost like going back in time. It's like, oh my god, because I've been, you know, through you know education and everything around nutrition and um, since since the old meal plan days and everything like that. Um, it, it's still, it's still like rife there and people are still having these uh, bad relationships in terms of, you know, you sat backstage and you're listening to conversations and I'm there with, with Ashley and she's like, just, just ignore it. Just shut your ears. I know you're listening. I'm like, <laughs> yeah, but I can't help it. I can't help it. And then we'd start having a conversation around it. But some of the things you hear were just, you know, it made me really sad in a way. just thinking that people, are like that but then what makes me even more sad and angry is that they are majority are like pts or working gyms or whatever and then i just hope that it doesn't get passed on to like people they work with and so everyone then thinks that they have to you know, do these weird things or you know eat their food in a certain order or do you know like just ridiculous things or like cut out sources and and not have any you know enjoyment out of their food because they want, they're being coached by someone who does that. It's just that's what made me people who would don't do that. By the way, but it was just like every time I'd be backstage and people would be thinking of you know what they were going to binge on post show and you know, going through their minds and all that. Oh yeah, and it just to me that I I can't compute that. And I've been there and done it in the past, and I've. I've gone back. I remember coming back from a, one of those uh, fitness shows and having to pull over because I was going to be sick because I'd eaten so much pick and mix. It was unreal. Like mm. just purged on it like after a show. And I'm thinking back to it now. That is just that's not right. That's just not normal behaviour. And just that's yeah. It kind of got to me a little bit after these these comps. But yeah, I think the scary thing is that it probably is still quite normal for that genre of people um like it's not normal for general pop it's not normal for actual like normal human beings but for like the bodybuilding or fit like the the, the fitness industry it's probably still quite normal people just yeah. get the show and then you know the first thing to do is pick up a 12 box of crispy creams and just like eat all of them yeah i mean don't get me wrong like i i had i went back to almost a meal plan way of eating towards the end because it was just the structure and the routine was what i needed and it, although I didn't have a meal plan written down, I had pretty much the same meals and it was just in my fitness pal. And it also took out the, the decision making. I just could like post it next day, next day. And then you have to think about it. It's all done. It's just mm. you know, um, automatic. So I kind of went back to that, but then I know that that's just for that time period where flexibility is the window of flexibility is really small. So you just, you have to kind of, you have to work with what you've got. So, uh, that I kind of, I kind of get, but then I didn't have any urge to then go and 
just binge on stuff afterwards. I'll go and have a nice meal, don't get me wrong. And like you go and do things with with or whatever and you go and do the social things because that's what you miss. You miss more of the the social aspect and the element of it. It's not the food side of it, like um the destroying the, the pizza and the ice cream and whatever. It's um, it's nice to go and eat food like that, but then it shouldn't be make it about the, the social bits that you miss during it. Because as much as you try and keep them in towards the latter stages, they they go all out. You can't do things like that, and you're better off just not not sort of being a part of it almost. Yeah, it is is a lot of that because it's the stress that's involved in it, rather than because I guess there isn't really for the most part a reason why you can't do that. Because I'm sure there are very few few restaurants you couldn't go to and still get something you would consider air quotes macro friendly but i guess for a lot of people like and you get this in normal dieting let alone just bodybuilding i suppose but a lot of people it's just not worth the stress the anxiety that it can cause yeah for me it was and it was almost like i got it was towards those latter stages where you know i'd be your timings of eating become quite important to you i know this sounds like a bit silly but at at that point you know because you're eating You, when you eat them it, it gets becomes more important so i'd be saying i need to know when you're coming home because i'd still we'd still try and eat together um, have that meal in the evening but i need to know because if you're going to be late i need to eat because then it pushes that time back then mm-hmm. i you know so things like that become an issue it's just like but then as long as you can explain that to someone then they're all right with it. but um yeah it's just uh, you could probably go out and, and eat but i just it's not worth the extra, like you say, the extra stress. I think the temptation as well, that was the biggest one for me. So I, I used to try and go out and, and sort of be sociable. And I did used to sometimes hoard and I didn't necessarily do. I, I was pretty decent most of the time, but um, I was <laughs> getting a bit of a frail part of the, the relationship I was in. Um, so I kind of had to do a bit of appeasing as well, which did. Oh, I mean, I, I'm not, I came in pretty lean, so I can't exactly say, oh, I messed it up or anything. Um, but, uh, you know, you do potentially maybe go over on a day or so because you've kind of felt as though you've had to go out and you've had to sort of do what I did anyway because of the, the, the situation I was in. Uh, whereas if I was doing it now, it'd be a completely different thing, just being around different people. Um, but I, I found when I went out, it was like, they're having a starter, so I've got to have a starter. Right, what can I have on here? Oh, soup, okay. And then be like, all right, okay, we're having a main. Oh, we're having dessert as well, are we? Oh, shit. <laughs> That's today out the window. Best go for a walk. And you get yourself yeah, in a shitty cycle. Um, and I found it was a temptation. Instead of saying, right, okay, I've looked at the menu. We're going to an Indian. I know I can have like grilled meats with some like pilau rice, and that, that'll do me. Um, but it's not, it's not as simple as that all the time, is it? So sometimes yeah. I say it's better to just say, no, sorry, I can't. Um, yeah. yeah and that's don't get me, it was it was only the last maybe four to six weeks where that really kind of came in yeah other than that i would still be trying to keep it as flexible as possible in terms of you know, eating eating out if we could and then um you know where you'd have periods of maintenance during say deload weeks or whatever you try and plan things in for there just because you know you'd have more calories but other than that it wasn't really too much of an issue like each time you do it, it does get better in terms of how you manage it, definitely. I think it was probably that, that period where you were down on the 1,500, 1,600 calories. I bet that was the time when you thought, oh, you know, I can't be as flexible. Oh, without a doubt. Yeah, that's where the, 
I'll go back to a meal plan type eating. Yeah. Just done. And then, but plus, even then, with the meal plan, it wasn't like I'm eating, I'm eating foods I like, I'm eating foods I enjoy, but they just, they're easy for me to do. They're, you know, they tick everything I need to hit in terms of my nutrition. Um, and I could just, just not have to think about having to eat almost. It's just like, okay, well, this meal is up. Okay, I'll do that. Um, yeah. The only times it would kind of be an issue was like work wise, because obviously, in terms of like my other work and in the station and things like that, I would take the final two weeks leading up to a competition off just to negate any kind of having to deal with being out all night, for example, or anything along those lines. Just that, that I don't know how I would have dealt with, but probably would have had to just suck it up, really. <laughs> mm. Well, with, with you saying about going to the meal plan, um, did you find that, well, obviously it kind of does as well, but with you saying about um, not having to think about food, do you find that it kind of removed the temptation of flexibility? So if you're like, oh, I've got 30 grams of carbs and 10 grams of fats left for the day, what can I fit in, like a, a macro top type thing like you would potentially do now? Um did you find having that kind of almost structured removed away any temptation? So then if you sort of pick something that was, oh, well, it's 35 grams of carbs and it's 15 grams of fat, oh, sorry, I'll have it. Um, do you, did you find having that structure kind of remove that temptation? Yeah, it, it does because you know that that's exactly, you know, this is what you've got and that's what you're having is set. However, the longer that goes on, the longer that, restriction that period of like high restriction goes on the more likely i would have been to um have maybe started to add things in do you know what i mean so you're weighing out say i don't know oats for example and it's 50 grams and then you 56 grams and you're like okay like not the end of the world but then you'd start to things will start to be crept in so you might have like an extra handful of like frozen berries and then like more things start and then the more that would go on the more that would happen. And I you know we're not talking thousands of calories worth, but they're just little bits that will add up, especially at that, that low calories can make a difference possibly. I don't know. But yeah. I was aware of that happening anyway. Definitely. Mm-hmm. Well, um, so like obviously we've talked about loads of hard parts there, but what do you think was the hardest part of like the whole dieting process or, or just say your prep? So other than the injury, obviously, uh it's it was trying to build it around the work side of things without a doubt like like we said the 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 food the hunger side of it and you and i know i'm going to be hungry so you kind of have ways to deal with that but it was trying to then fit it around like my lifestyle in terms of work um that that became like the hardest part for me, I think, in terms of the structure. Uh, just making sure, especially towards the end, like the lower the lower calories, that, that became like everything became around the food, like the times of eating. It became, you know, and I was being aware of it. And for someone who obviously knows around the industry and knows around like that side of things in terms of coaching, when you when you can feel yourself being more aware of it, it's a weird place to be because you're like. I know, I know this doesn't really matter that much, but 
I need to eat at this time and then or I need to eat now so then I can go and do this after because I didn't want to do it before I'd eaten so I was like I need to go and do this chore today ah I've got to uh, I've got to eat first because then I'll be feel all right to go and do it that that's your life then becomes so revolved around like your meal times is unreal and then you try and explain that to someone they just think you're an idiot <laughs> they're just like why don't you just go and eat like hey I don't know I'm doing this so I can uh, stand on stage and get people look at me and judge me like people don't understand so that was the, that was the hardest part without a doubt mm. yeah. just quickly want to add some super value for one of my clients um, she's a new recruit firefighter um, and she's struggling at the moment I said I'd actually ask you this so um, before I knew you were coming on I was like yeah I've got a mate who's a firefighter I'll, I'll go speak with him um, but now you're on the podcast this, this makes me like a super coach um, this is the whole reason why we got you on <laughs> um, so her one of her biggest struggles is when she's on a night shift is other people cooking for her she's the only woman on the watch so she doesn't feel as and she's only been doing it for a month or so now so she doesn't feel as though she can go in and say look you're giving me far too much food you've been cooking me the wrong things you know, I'm trying to lose weight and I'm not one of the lads so I can't eat as much as you do you have any sort of advice for her for um, sort of fitting in a bit better and sort of being quite stern with the fact that she's trying to diet yeah obviously each of the the way they run their mess or however it is is probably going to be different so if it's anything like ours you do have people who will be doing the cooking for example um for, for me uh if i had a specific goal so when i was dieting for shows or whatever i would this sounds like a bit of a cop-out but i just bring my own food in and that is how i would deal with it rather than having to kind of go through and make sure that uh, correctly or whatever you know it's just not worth it plus i wouldn't trust him to do it like, he's not <laughs> the best cook so like, do you know what I mean? things like that i just wouldn't i wouldn't bother risking if it was if it was like that that kind of detailed if it's in case of just wanting to you know, lose weight or get in shape and, and along those lines then probably just having the discussion around it and you could easily do some kind of portion control um sizing and i think most firefighters would be open to that that discussion because if you explain the reasons behind it look i'm i'm not as big as you clearly i don't need as much food okay so can we just maybe have a little bit less um i know we've got a few females on our station now and they do a similar thing so um one of the girls she will she either cooks her own food or she brings like part of it in and then just has part of what it is just so she doesn't have to eat as much because otherwise it just gets left anyway because um, she just can't eat it. It's just too yeah, much. Yeah. There you go, Rach. Super top tips there. Um, and just another one, actually, because this was something that we were talking about the other day. Um, so she has sort of like like a secret ration uh, just in case she's on call and she's, um, you know, obviously work comes first above a diet if, you know, you've fighting yeah. fighting the fires of the world um did you have a sort of like secret ration just in case you were on a, a long long call and you felt yourself fading uh, I'm, I'm an idiot because every time we've had these like once every now and then you'll be out say all, all night for example and every time it happens i'm like i should really put something in my uh, in my bag in my, like i don't know protein bars you know something 
and then I get back and I never do it. And then the next time it happens, you're like, man, I should really do something about that. And it just never happens. So you've reminded me now. I'm going to go and do it. <laughs> <laughs> so she's one step ahead of you. <laughs> well, uh, tangent over. No, that's uh, <laughs> no, interesting chat. Um, so you've done, you've, we've talked a little uh, about kind of how you helped your own prep, I suppose, with adherence and stuff. So you said about kind of not the meal plan thing, but having like a, uh, I suppose, a flexible meal plan. Um, what else did you do to help? <clears throat> what, like basically just keep yourself sticking to it other than obviously also having a coach? Yeah. In terms of the, the, the adherence to the nutrition and everything, it's, it's routine for me. Routine is a big part. So if you can get a routine that's set for whatever works to you, that was a massive part in help. Well, it helps me in everything, to be honest, everything I do, having a routine. But um, that alongside it, um, with that, is being busy. So in terms of work, so the the further that went on in terms of a diet, um, it's kind of had two sides to it, I suppose, because I wouldn't say work suffers, but it becomes a little bit harder just because towards the end you're trying to sort of prioritise um things to do and it just takes a little bit longer to, to do stuff but being busy was a huge factor in terms of um, helping me towards the end because I would I like to have a set sort of where I eat in the day and it doesn't really change too much um, but then towards the end I would I would miss out the first meal in essence I was fasting a little bit so I just pushed the meals back um, so in order to do that I would work like straight away in the morning I up like I, I work better in the mornings anyway so I'm up at like half five and I just work through and I would just use that and coffee <laughs> and any other caffeine I could get hold of and just work through my my caffeine intake um, got ridiculous towards the end right stupid um, and I, I don't know whether that's just a reliance thing or it was a you know habitual So I wouldn't say I used that to help, but it definitely did help. Um, but yeah, routine and having you know, something to focus on is definitely a massive part of that, without a doubt. It's an interesting one with the coffee, because I think, I don't know whether you've found the same, Brett, when uh, you've dieted. But I found with the coffee, like I'd normally have a couple anyway in a day, but you've sort of, you start to have more because you feel like pretty naff don't you so you need to perk yourself up but i found if i wasn't eating a great deal i just wanted something with some sort of flavor um to to consume that wasn't another fizzy drink or wasn't another glass of squash uh or just more plain boring water i kind of i was craving some sort of flavor um and that's why i kind of probably had a couple of extra coffees a day uh, especially in the later part of the day was was for that i don't know if that ever has entered any of your minds at all well, Wait, I think there's. Oh, you go, you go, you go. <laughs> right, I just in terms of like the flavour, or just just the the coffee itself. The, the, like, I... the flavour, yeah, just to get a, like a different flavour and a nice flavour, a nice taste in your mouth. Yeah, uh, I I would also say yeah, the flavour of like a nice. It sounds really pretentious now, but like a nice coffee. Um, but then also the process, like. I would use the process of making coffee as another distraction. So I would go through like 
rigmarole of grinding the beans and then like boiling the water and then pouring it over like as a way to just take time up and just distract me. The same thing as, as well. Process was a way of prolonging that time again. It was just like if I'd already had a meal that was made, I was like, oh, it's made. So I'm going to have to just, that means I can eat it straight away. Uh, so I haven't got that process. To, uh, that became a thing as well. So, yeah, sorry, I went off on a tangent on your coffee. Just reminded no, I, I, I do the same actually when I'm hungry and if it's not quite mealtime, I'll go and make something really elaborate or something that takes forever to cook and prepare and chopping lots of veggies and stuff. I did it tonight. Um, I was sort of like trying to kill time. I was hungry. And instead of snacking, I did that because I enjoyed the process of cooking. Yeah, yeah. And, so, uh, the, the, thing, the thing with me is though, if I do that, I'll snack because it's taken so long to make my meal. So I'll end up eating while I cook. <laughs> no gen- uh, genuinely genuinely that's that's what happens with me like, i'll end up eating i mean generally it's just whatever i'm cooking so it's usually like vegetables and stuff so it's nothing going to be that's too detrimental to to any diet but it does happen quite frequently like i'll, I'll find myself snacking on stuff because the food just not getting done quick enough i used to have a flatmate when i was at university who used to he was irish and his parents used to send him over black pudding and uh, he used to fry up black pudding to snack on whilst he thought about what he was going to make for his evening meal. <laughs> so, but, oh, you're having black pudding for your, for your, for your evening meal again? He's like, no, 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 this is my thinking food. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, just uh, The thing I was just going to comment on is to say, obviously, like the, the use of caffeine or reliance on caffeine. Oh, there's obviously some good research around caffeine being... Um, not, not for everyone, because I think there is a, a bit mixed, but there is some research showing that some people find caffeine is obviously an appetite suppressant, don't they? So you do tend to find a lot of people do kind of really start to ramp up the caffeine intake, um, obviously, when they're dieting. I don't I don't think it did anything for my appetite suppressant. <laughs> I just genuinely, I like the coffee, I like the taste, um, and it was more a case of, uh, like, the caffeine definitely was helping but i don't think it suppressed my appetite too much i think i'd almost gone past that point because yeah you are just, no matter, yeah no matter what you're trying to do you are always going to be hungry like i would eat and i wouldn't be satisfied i'd be like, hungry still you just yeah, have yeah. To deal. yeah yeah i i get i guess it's all contextual in that when you're so far past i think they put the comment you, or the phrase you just use so far past hungry because you're now at these really extreme levels of, of body fat where your body is just kind of like you, you're trying to get your lipostat up where it's just trying to move yourself right back up to those body fat levels and it's doing everything in its power to increase you or get you to eat i guess as good as caffeine might be to suppress someone's appetite it's just so far beyond that that it's just not really going to make nah. a touch the size is it so no i know um, it's, it's, it's something that I still, I'm still finding now, um, with regards to like eating after, um, my, my, my hunger levels aren't right. They're definitely not like my, my appetite isn't right at the moment. You know, oh. I could quite easily just eat and eat and eat. And, it's yeah. just, and I'm aware of that. I think if I wasn't aware of it, I'd have issues, but I'm, I am aware. I can feel myself like uh, that's just not right. So yeah, I think that's quite important to understand as well. Post, post uh, dieting. Mm. Yeah. But I mean, we've we've got a question, obviously, to ask you about kind of what's been the hardest part of your post show diet. Yeah, uh, that being aware, being aware that uh, not to eat everything in sight. And I know it's as 
super stupid as that sounds, but it's, I know I have quite a big appetite anyway, but, and I've got, you know, I'm not on a small amount of calories now in terms of like back up to around about maintenance or, um, you know, it's not, it's not a small amount of food by any means, but I'm eating food and then I'm like, I could eat that again. You know, I go out for a meal and I, I could demolish a meal and then I remember saying to Ashley, I could do that all over again. And that, to me, is just like, whereas previous, I'd eat a meal and be content with it, you know, full, have that nice food. It's, it's understanding that feeling because if not, you could just really, well, I'm not saying you're going to do massive amounts of damage, but you just need to be aware of it, I think. Those, the hunger for those levels to kind of reset and come back to where they were normally, it's going to take, you know, a good, months and months and months i feel anyway also well that that's where you start to hear these horror stories of people having like ordering a domino's then ordering like a kebab and then ordering a chinese like all on the same night and just because they don't know how to control that that feeling of all right you're not quite satisfied but just deal with it just for for a month or whatever you know and um yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but um, also, I suppose, like you're saying, oh, about doing much damage. But if you're taking your building seriously, like muscle building seriously, um, the last thing you want to do is is balloon and kind of put on loads of fat because yeah. then where are you going to go if you're trying to push your calories up yeah. to gain muscle? Where are you yeah. going to go? Um, so yes, yeah, it's, it's yeah, it's it's, it's definitely a, a a good point because I'm I'm enjoying like my training sucked at the end of that like for a good I reckon a good two months I was just going into training and not even not even wanting to be there just going through the motions almost and like oh yeah that one was okay that was a good fairly medium mediocre session like but actually that was quite a hard part to deal with and then now each session I do is just better and better and better. It's just like, and you get that nice buzzy feeling of training again. And I just, I love that. I love in that at the moment. This is like the good part, you know, post, post competition, post dieting training is like the good days. Cause you're eating more food, you're eating more, you know, quote unquote, like yummy foods and things like that. And you're just having great training sessions, getting really good pumps and you're just feeling good again. And if you were to just be smashing, all the food i think you might have an impact on that but it's hard not to because you just feel like you should you feel invincible almost like you're like oh, i can just eat anything i just go and smash all the weights but you have to have a little bit of self-control i feel uh, yeah yeah totally i mean like just to reiterate ed's point like if you just end up binging for days and days or weeks after a show and put on because you are primed to put on body fat like as much as people say oh you're primed to put on muscle when you're that lean yeah but we still know fucking slow muscle building is even even then and you're very primed to putting on just mass in general including body fat which we know is not particularly slow so you can soon overshoot loads and like like Ed's point you you kind of put yourself in a position there where you've kind of put on all this body fat you've not built anywhere near the amount of appreciable muscle as you obviously would have liked at the end of that type of you know stage where you've dieted for so long you're kind of only going to have to fucking diet again because it's like you've just overshot it completely. So, yeah, yeah, that level of control is so important. And I guess, like, we've talked about it from a previous podcast, but it's just having a plan. Like, 
just the, and I guess like I know you'll have a plan because I know what Steve's like is meticulous isn't he so obviously you're going to have a plan of what your your exit is of this show I don't know if you're, do you want to touch on that slightly or uh, yeah sorry well, you did break up there but did you ask around like post show um like plans for what I'm doing. Yeah, yeah. So basically, yeah, just yeah. say like obviously, like ha- we've talked about before about having a plan yeah. outside of yeah. any diet is huge. Just having yeah, an yeah. exit yeah. plan. So like maybe just touch on yours. So I know Steve will have set you one. Yeah, yeah. So it was to try and get body fat levels back. Well, health and body fat levels back to a point where um, they're good. They're good again and in a healthy range, and try and do that as quick as possible. So um, calories pretty much straight back to around maintenance for me um and then back to enjoying training and and just trying to stick with this for i think maybe a, a month or maybe even two months and then start to go into like some massive phases but just to try and start to feel normal again and, and get everything back to where it should be because i probably should have touched on earlier as well like it's not just the <clears throat> the hunger and the fatigue that gets affected like it you literally are being affected in terms of um, all areas, all aspects, like uh, the bits that no one ever wants to talk about, like the, you know, your lack of uh, libido, your like, huge drop in like sex drive and things like that, that, that has impacts not just onto you, but into like your relationships and things like that. So it's all these things that they need to be taken into account, like to then bring back up. Um, so yeah, that, and in terms of like a post-show plan, it's not been like one of those, I don't know if you saw yesterday, some, some idiot, but out there like, I'm, I'm doing post-show rebound plans, you know, um, you don't, this is your time to build prime muscle, pack on like 14 pounds post-show, and it was just so much bullshit, and uh, I just thought, why do people try and uh, do these things and try and make them sound like sexy and complicated, it's just... You know, get back to a state of health that should be priority and then you know work from there uh, and it, you know get back to doing the things that you've not been doing like enjoy spending time with people you've missed out seeing or you know their meals and things like that mm. yeah um, yeah, I, think, yeah. I think complicated <laughs> no 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 totally uh, and it, it shouldn't be it shouldn't be it should no. be you know it's the important the things you just said are the important things aren't they um yeah. Talking of important things, like what was the what was the first thing you ate after your? Let's go your last show of the season, because I guess obviously from you, because you obviously had more than one show, you obviously there's some carryover where you can't kind of go mad after one show because yeah. you've got another show coming. So, I I had pizza. <laughs> yeah, I because um, not to say I didn't have pizza during the diet, but uh, it was one of them things that you just not really worth having really in terms of it's it's nutritional values um but no i there's a pizza place that, like a proper old italian family run it mm-hmm. uh, and the guy's got a, like, a giant moustache and everything proper stereotypical italian is his name luigi yeah it's lovely like <laughs> that was as exciting as it got <laughs> <coughs> So you, you didn't have some fitness person, fitness cake maker, making you a huge 10-tier cake with all the chocolate buttons stuck on it and fingers sticking out of it? And... <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> Why? 
<laughs> every show I've it. ever been to, every single okay, it is more typically the bikini girls, but every single one of them have some like fit pro chef or whatever they call themselves, making them these like massive cakes, and then they just spend about an hour having a photo shoot with them holding the cake in front of the stage. Uh, didn't didn't Mike have like some load of fancy cheesecakes and stuff? Or I made that up. There are people who were having people deliver them to to their their show. So they were like, oh yeah, they're, they're bringing them around after. You know, they're going to be like coming backstage. And they were, they'd turn up in those boxes and like be these elaborate cakes and they're just eating them with their hands. And just like, yeah. <laughs> I don't really get this. <laughs> but, uh, um, yeah. What's, I think uh, that's... Like, Sorry, the first, I was to say, the first, after the first competition, I went over and had some cereal. I had some uh, marshmallow maize. Yes. That was, that was yes. lovely. <laughs> maize for life. Yeah. yeah, that was brilliant. Best bowl of maize I've ever had. Yeah, I bet. What's the craziest thing you've seen backstage? In terms of what's going on, or like, yeah, yeah, food. I know you touched upon about some of the crazy things you hear of you know, the protocols people take. But what's the craziest thing you've you've sort of seen, whether it's food or whether it's I don't know anything. Uh, people do some strange things with with like stuff they eat backstage. Like a guy was setting out um, these little uh, bits of chocolate, but then he would be putting on top of it like peanut butter spread and then something else on top so and he'd line them all up in a little row and so then he'd have one and he'd be like timing them when he had the next one and the next one is like really strange like little routines um, so stuff like that goes on and then like there's always like an in thing to have backstage so everyone this time everyone had grapes so like, why is everyone eating grapes it's like well because so and so is like a pro he's eating grapes so um, I'm going to eat grapes as well and like do you know why you're eating grapes? Yeah, but because of the, you know, the fast-acting sugars on that. I'm like, uh, I don't think it really works like that. <laughs> you need dry and then would go through the explanation with them. They just zone out, like, just mind blank. You're like, okay, just carry on with your with your grapes. Um, and then, you know, like the whole one guy trying to get hold of some pre-workout. Like, anybody pre-workout? I'm like, why do you want pre-workout? Um, well, I had a coffee like. Like an hour ago and I need some more caffeine I'm like you had a, a coffee an hour ago and you, you need more caffeine now like, I don't understand what's going on like, it's just strange things happening there if you had but, turned around and said the pre-workout was for, for the pump you'd have kind of gone yeah okay if it's that type of pre-workout <laughs> not so much for the caffeine yeah, it, it was more that he was adamant for the caffeine so I was like oh, okay. go get another coffee yeah, or <laughs> You'll be all right. <laughs> you don't need it. <laughs> <laughs> You're already twitching, mate. <laughs> yeah. Um, other than that, like the you know the other craziest things you see are just like I said earlier. Like some of the some of the guys who are like top top level physiques and just um, yeah, in like a real admiration way of like what's gone into to build that. You're just like wow, it's incredible. Yeah. Yeah, um, just I'm just going to like change the topic slightly because obviously we we've kind of talked about this. Um, I guess, uh, well, but based on obviously the amount of feedback we got on our last uh, podcast, uh, not last one, second, yeah, 
not even penultimate. It's not even the right phrase. Basically, two episodes ago, I can say it, buddy, right? Two episodes ago, obviously, the episode with Mike and Dan, the whole thing about food challenges and the whole thing about whether it could potentially be causing um, issues with people with eating disorders or binging behavior, that type of stuff. I made a comment in that episode about how I don't believe they do. Um, I would say it's probably more likely that it's the other way around. It's converse that people with eating disorders are more likely to be attracted to that type of stuff. And I, the comment I made was that actually you'd say that about bodybuilding shows. What like your thoughts in terms of like how does something like a bodybuilding show or people that get involved, it has affect them and could it cause binge eating disorders? Could it cause any type of eating disorders or what do you think basically what are your opinions on it what could a bodybuilding show cause it yeah or? yeah 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 what could, could a bodybuilding uh, show ca- cause someone to obviously develop like an eating disorder or uh, um, oh yeah without a doubt <laughs> and I'm, I'm it's it's rife within the and I, I, that's from someone who i wouldn't say i'd had a you know an actual eating disorder well i maybe had some sort of forms of disordered eating i think after i first got into competing um but not really understanding it and not really knowing it until looking back now i think actually yeah i was pretty pretty weird with what i used to do with food and um binging uh the cheat meal scenario um all those kind of things i've done to the point where you know you start to think that that is normal um and then that that's what we talked about earlier it gets then diluted down to the general population who and then you work with them and you've probably had it you work with people and they're like when do i get my cheat meal you're like what i don't understand um where have you got that from like you it's a certain it's a thing you get like or what even is it you know that that just yeah and all these things you could relate to some form of eating disorder and i'm sure that there's been many um bodybuilders or even like women's uh, physique uh, bikini girls who have these then uh, disorders that go on for a long time post competition and things like that uh, which is why it kind of left me a little bit of a sour taste in my mouth after hearing stuff in, in backstage and that so yeah definitely to answer your question <laughs> I, I think for me and i don't know whether this was the same for you but um for me, it was more of a like a, a body image disorder it left me with, and I kind of regretted doing the show for for a while until I could get my head around it a bit more. Probably a good six months or so. So I would like you'll be, I am sure um, you'll have gone through this and maybe starting to go through it yourself. But when you start to see your condition deteriorate, and you know, even like thinking now, right? Okay, I've got a couple of abs in the right light i'm leaner than most most people but you still kind of think oh I'll, I'll never be that lean again or i'll uh you know I'm, i you know i was in such good shape and seeing yourself get softer and softer and softer i really messed with my head for for, for quite a while and i felt you know oh, i'm fat now and it's like no you're still leaner than like 95 percent of people if not more um but yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. that definitely um it definitely goes into your head uh, I didn't. I don't think it affects me as much as it did. Um, and I, I actually got asked that question by uh, someone I know who said, "Like, do you not do you not worry about like, losing it?" I was like, "No, nah, not really." What I'm more worried about, and what I really want to happen, is to feel strong again. And I think if you have that that focus onto something else, like I now want to 
be back in the gym feeling strong like what I was before and that is where I want to go now so if that means I put on some body fat that's great I'm happy with that and you know I always know that there'll be another time if I if I ever do want to decide to do that again and like you say as well I'm not going to be suddenly just turning into like a massive fat mess it's just it's that psychological aspect of trying to get to grips with where you were and not seeing yourself as you as that as you were Mm. Um, but then you have to think okay where do I want to focus that and I I just want to get back to feeling strong in the gym which is is how it's coming but it's yeah it's uh it's hard yeah yeah I get that massively yeah, yeah. I think that after sort of like dieting again for photo shoot uh, this year, I didn't get it at all then, really. I sort of like yeah. a, a little bit because I went on holiday not long after and I kind of like, I tried to maintain, but um, yeah, yeah, obviously it doesn't happen. Um, but I think I was definitely in a better place to do that this time because I kind of gone through it. And like you say, you then shift your attention to, oh, I'm going to get really strong now. And then you do start to get strong. Like, I remember. Uh, I don't know how badly your numbers have suffered this kind of time round, but I went from being able to like deadlift 180 for five down to not even be able to hit 160 for a single. Um, mm. Like, and that hit that message with your head as well, like you said. Um, but and then it comes yeah, back yeah. so quickly, and you're like, yeah, you feel like you've got newbie gains again. <laughs> well, um, you Sorry, I say again, you broke up. No, no, you, you broke up. So I just thought I'd miss something. Sorry, mate. No, 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 no. I just gonna say I think that feels like it's a good place to uh, to wrap it up. So um, yeah, man. all good. No, I've uh, I've I really enjoyed the chat, mate. Uh, glad to have you back on. Uh, and let's see if we can make you the first person to come on three times. How about that? Yeah, that'd be awesome, man. No, no, well chuffed. Did I get a hat trick ball? Yeah. Football. Well, I'll I'll send you a football on the post. Right. No, it's it's genuinely really nice to be asked to come on, and um, it's also really impressive that you know you what is it seventy seventy odd episodes? Seventy one, so, seventy one, yeah, yeah. So that's that's really like testament to you guys putting it out there because I think a lot of people um, try and do things and then they just it fizzles out. You've uh, uh, got everything going, so it's keep doing it. Yeah, cheers, mate. Listens. I mean, nobody listens. I was going to say, I was going <laughs> to say that's it out, some, okay. some, I say we've got seventy-one episodes. That means we had at least one hundred and forty downloads, I reckon, because both mine and Ed's mum both both download it. So, and Dan only listens to half episodes. You'll be yeah. That, no, you don't listen to half. A few minutes, but no, Dan, you'll be pleased to know that um, Mel Fudge has just messaged me saying, "Is Dan on the podcast again this week?" Uh, so, uh, yeah, you'll be obviously she's like your number one fan. Yeah, she, she's she's really nice, and I I didn't realise like her result until the other day. I saw that picture. It oh, that's amazing! Yeah, yeah. To be fair, um, give Ed it give Ed his dues. I know he didn't do coach all the way through it, but he coached away a lot of the a lot of the way through that weight loss. So, yeah, fair dues. Um, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> great way to finish. <laughs> yeah, on that note. Um, no, 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 seriously though, big, big thank you. Um, do you want to plug anything? Obviously, you've got any spots available? Uh, um, I haven't, I haven't for now because we just opened up some for like October and there's n- not really any now, <laughs> which sounds really bad, but um, yeah, 
But we are have you, got something. Are you telling me you haven't got one last spot available that's going to go anytime soon? Yeah, be quick. <laughs> no, I, I, I genuinely uh, like it's, it's a nice, happy place at the moment with the coaching. So, um, and there will be spaces that do open up, but usually like towards the end of the months and when people kind of, some people will leave and whatever. But um, yeah, there's always, you know, feel free to get in contact because we can always do like put you on, you can wait and whatever. Um, but we have got something coming up in the new year, which I'm like, excited to launch with um, the gym the private gym, the PT centre that we work with um, in Milton Keynes. So that's going to be more specifically, again, online stuff, but um, through them. So that's that's something to look forward to. But yeah, there's a lot of work involved, <laughs> which is good. <laughs> Keeps me busy. <laughs> yeah, well, let, let us know when that comes about and we'll, uh, we'll spread the word for you. So. Yeah, be good. That can be when we get you on again so you can plug it. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> cool, right. <laughs> Well, um, let's sign out. Let's uh, Ed press that button. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to the No Nonsense Nutrition Podcast. We'll speak to you all next week.